Welcome to the Me Men Project. This is your man DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma and your emotional empowerment coach. You are now inside the project where every Monday we're bringing you an empowering person or message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. Being a man was not the opposite of being feminine or emotional. It was the opposite of being childish and immature. It meant having the courage to face your fears and responsibilities, but also not being afraid of your emotions or weakness. Matthew Ryder. My guest today is the author of the book, Better Boys, Better Men, my good friend, Andrew Rayner. Andrew is also a professor at Towson University where he offers the seminar, The Changing Face of Masculinity. Listen, this is gonna be a great show, so make sure you leave a rating and review. Also be sure to share, share, share with those you think who will benefit from this show. The Made Men Project is for every man and every woman that has men in her life that she loves and cares for. Now, let's get to the show. Hey yo fellas, we, we made men, we made men, try to believe that within, I just wanna be a good man, okay, I know you all, but tell me you a good man, tell me you're a good man, so many men are being crushed, societal demands to be tough, yes you, yes you are enough, okay. I just wanna be a good man, I can't relate to you brother, cause you're a good man, yes you are a good man, Right beside you, I'm right behind you. I know that life could be hard. Right? You're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your stars. No, you're not soft. Let me inspire you, empower you because society may want to see you fall. You got another brother to call. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you yes, you are enough. Don't bluff. Okay. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. Hey, hey, I'm here, my brother. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Main Man Project. I'm your host, DB, and today I'm bringing on author of the book, Better Boys, Better Men, my good friend, Andrew Rayner. Andrew is a professor at Towson University where he offers the seminar, The Changing Face of Masculinity. He's also written on masculinity and men issues for the New York Times, Italy's La Repubblica, and the Washington Post magazine. Andrew speaks about masculinity regularly at schools and conferences around the world. And today, Andrew's going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed on the societal demands to be tough, denying any kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, or any eternal hurt and pain, and it's time to change that narrative. So listen, it's going to be a great show with so many things you guys are going to want to pay attention to. But first, really quickly, if you are a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things, but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be, trapped in mental and emotional bondage, and being crushed under self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear, and send me an email at db at dbempowers.com and we will book your free no pitch clarity calls you can learn about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions and show up every damn day of your life with more confidence certainty and authenticity okay andrew what's up my man welcome to the show Derek, it's great to be here. And listen, I just want to thank you for the incredible work that you are doing on behalf of so many men. 
Oh, man, I, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Listen, after going through your book and really reading it, man, uh, the things that you are doing, I'm just so inspired by the work that you're doing as well. So I truly appreciate everything that you're doing also, my man. Hey, I'm honored by that. Thank you, Derek. That's high praise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So listen, I want to jump right into it, man. And, and for those who didn't read his book, man, you have to get the book, Better Boys, Better Man. It's so fitting. It's so many, th you cover so many great things, but you know, I want to dig into a little bit more about you right now. So when you were growing up as a, as a boy, what and who was your example of a man? That's, you know, that's a tough question, Derek. That really is because I mean, I mean, clearly, you know, uh, you know, so my dad, you know, I had, a, I was, you know, lucky enough to have a father. And um, so of course he was, you know, without me knowing it was a clearly a really important, strong role model, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so check this out. So when I'm about 12 years old, um, uh, I was raised Jewish. And so the boys in my family, we all got bar mitzvah. So listen to this. So I'm 12 years old. And, I, and I'm going to get, instead of going to like doing the Hebrew school thing, mm -hmm. we weren't really, we weren't religious in my family. And so we go, I go and I get tutored. Yeah. And this man that tutors, his name was Mr. Berlowitz. I'd never met a man like this before. Mm. Never, Derek. This guy was the gentlest, sweetest, kindest man I had ever met. Mm. I did not believe, I did not know that men could be like this. Wow. Did not know men could be like this, Derek. And so this guy is working with a bunch of boys at one time in his house. And he's got boys, you know, understandably, you know, got, you know, bouncing all over the place, trying to get out of the work. And, and some guys even start really being very rude and disrespectful to him. Mm. And I remember one time saying to him, you know, Mr. Berlitz, if you don't mind me asking you, you know, you're, you're like, you're such a nice man. Right. Why, why, why are you taking this stuff from this kid who's sitting over there? Right. And he said, because, you know, he just, he doesn't know any better. And, and I, you know, and, and I tell him that, you know, this is not a polite way to talk to anybody and especially to somebody who's older than you. He said, but I'm trying to understand, you know, be a little more understanding about where some of these boys are coming from. Right. I had never, ever met a man who came at any relationship, especially with boys, right? with such trying to be so empathetic, trying to be so compassionate and, and still trying to speak his peace. Mm. And I'd never ever met a man like this. I'd never, I didn't even know there were men out there like this. Yeah, yeah. And so at the time, you know, the thing is Derek at the time, it didn't really, you know, I didn't know that this was registering, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you see where this is going, right? Yeah, yeah. And so years later, I keep coming back to this guy because years later, um, I'm starting to look around and realize that a lot of the ways that I'm seeing, I'm expected to be a man, a burgeoning man. Mm. I don't, there's a lot of it I don't want any part of, you know, because okay. there's no, there's no room for me to be who I really am. You know, wow. especially when it came to emotional honesty. Wow. And so I start coming back to Mr. Berlowitz when I'm thinking about this guy when I'm like in college and in my 20s and in my 30s. And I, and I keep coming back to this guy. And I thought, you know, 
I don't think that who I am, I can be as gentle a man as he was, but I can learn to be as sensitive and as compassionate and as empathetic. That is, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm so, you know, my dad is always with me. I mean, even though my dad, my dad hasn't been alive for a long time, there's parts of him, of course, that I took. But I look at Mr. Berlowitz and what I learned to see in that man through many years of my own struggles and my own wrestling with, with who I wanted to be as a man, I learned to see the strength in that guy. Mm. Man, that is very powerful, man. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that that resonated with you throughout your, you know, your, your life and that you can go back and look at, look on that in a positive light and realize that there was nothing wrong with him at that point, at that point in time, just because he was displaying something different than what you have seen. Now, when at that age that you experienced that, what were your thoughts at that time? Did you think he was kind of a pushover? He was soft. He was weak. Like, what were your thoughts at that time after you realized after that I conversation? I know, man. You know, that, that is an excellent question, Derek. That is an excellent question. So, you know, I'm feeling a lot of dissonance. On the one hand, yeah. on the one hand, I'm feeling, I, I would say to Mr. Berlowitz, look, you know, Mr. Burles, with all due respect, this guy, this kid's walking all over you, <laughs> right. you know? And I'm saying, you know, I'm, you know, I was this kind of kid that I was always kind of not ready to fight, but I wasn't, I was not going to back down. Right. So I said to him, look, I said, do you want me to say something to him? Cause I'll, I'll put him in line, <laughs> you know? Right. And so it's so, you know, he, he calms me down. And yet, so on the one hand, yeah. You know, I thought you're too much of a pushover. Yeah. But yeah. then, a couple years later, I start getting maybe the end of high school and like I was saying early college and I start coming back to this guy in my mind and I didn't know why. And I started to realize there was something about the way that he treated people and the way that he, the way that he met everybody where they were. Mm. And the thing is, Derek, even when I was in my early twenties, like I hadn't figured it out why I kept coming back in my mind to this guy. But at some point in my late twenties, early thirties, I started realizing, you know what? There was a lot of strength in the way that he was going about being a man and yeah. the way that he was modeling being a man. Yeah. It was a lot harder for him to go through life as a man that way than it would have been for me to go through life saying, you know, like, you know, like, hey, you know, you're being disrespectful. You know, I've, I've got an issue with this or you're being disrespectful to him and, you know, we're going to have words. That is easy to do. That kind of that kind of masculinity, as you know, man, yeah. any, anybody, anybody can can stick out his chest and do that. Absolutely. But when you learn to integrate that greater degree of empathy and compassion and tolerance and trying to come at meet people where they are, that is not the kind of masculinity that most guys have the courage to model. Yes, yes, that's so true, man. That is that is powerful. So now tell me, you know. When you were younger at that age, what did being a man mean to you though? You know, I was really conflicted because what happened for me was at a young age, um, I, I was getting into a lot of fights as a young boy because of <laughs> shame, right? So, so I won't get into the whole boring story, but, the, but the, the short of it is I got into this brutal fist fight when I was like seven years old with this neighborhood boy. Yes. completely humiliated me and all the kids in the neighborhood all the kids were out there watching it and the hardest part of it 
I've realized was that when I come home later that day, I hear my oldest brother yelling at my mother in the kitchen. And I'm wondering, you know, come through the back door quietly because I feel so horrible. Yeah. And I hear him yelling and I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what he, and he's yelling. He's a black sheep. He's a coward. And what are you going to do about it, Ma? You know, he can't, you know, he, he's an embarrassment to the family. And I knew he was talking about me. Mm. And so from that moment on, I was just kind of, and I didn't realize it until many, many years later, yeah. all the fights that I started getting into because I was fighting, trying to fight my way out of my shame. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, a lot of boys and men think that this is the path. Yes. And so what happened was when I put my fist down, I was in like fifth grade. I was in a fight with a boy named David Parker mm-hmm. who ended up becoming my best friend after the fight. Right. But I throw this, you know, we're, we're throwing punches at each other and I connect with his, with his cheek or his jaw and it just kind of like resonates through my arm mm. and I start getting nauseous and I start thinking, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be in this fight. What yes. the hell am I doing? Yes. We are fighting over something so stupid. Yes. And so, you know, we became best friends after that. And after that, when I, when I unclenched my fists, it opened up this awareness for me of the way that boys are talking and treating each other. And that awareness, mm-hmm. that starts happening, I guess, in fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I just wasn't looking for fights anymore. Yeah. And I start realizing the way, the, you know, the way that teachers are talking to us, the way that coaches are talking yes. to us, yeah. the way my father is talking to me, the way that other boys are talking to each other. It felt wrong. A lot of it felt really wrong. Yeah. And so this start this awareness for me starts happening, I guess, end of elementary school, early junior high. And it just continues on and on and on. So that by the time I'm in high school, I'm starting to kind of push back a little bit, you know. So I'm playing a lot of sports because in my family, we you know, we were very athletic. We played a lot of sports, but I was trying to find ways that I could push back against the masculinity that my brother represented that I, I grew to hate. Mm. And so to give an example, I played a lot of baseball when I was a kid. Yeah. And so when I'd be playing baseball, you know, whenever there was a kid coming up who I knew was, you know, was really cocky, you know, was, was like one of their big players, man, I would just rear back and just give it everything I had when I pitched. Right. When I saw these other boys coming up who looked like, they were deer, a deer in headlights and they were terrified. I would just stand there and I would lob the ball as slowly <laughs> as I could to get it across the plate. Yeah. So I was looking for ways, you know, when I would wrestle, I wrestled for a year. Mm-hmm. When I would wrestle a kid that I could see had that deer in his headlights look, yeah. I went as easy as I could on him. Right. I was looking for ways in sports to push back, you know, and to, and to, and to try to, you know, to try to show some degree of compassion to the other boys who were scared. I was just looking for ways that I could just kind of fight my, you know, f- you know, fight, fight this, this, this hyper-masculinity yeah. that I, that I just, I grew to, I just really grew to hate. Yeah. And it was something that, that I learned to work through that hatred and try to understand it with the birth of my son. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so powerful, man. Like, 
with all the work that you're doing now and, 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 you know, when you started your work, it probably wasn't popular to talk about emotions for men and masculinity. Did you, were you kind of shunned at first where you looked at like someone who is soft or so, who is weak because you're talking about emotions and having men work through it the proper way? Like, how are you viewed when you started your work with this? Man, I'm still shunned. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, oh yeah. Oh, oh, Derek, I still get blowback all the time. I still get blowback. I mean, here's the thing. The blowback I get, you know, I don't get as much from a lot of these kind of hypermasculine guys because, you know, they just pretty much avoid, you know, kind of my message anyway. And I, I'm totally mm -hmm. cool with that because, right. you know, I don't, I don't want to have a conversation in places where, there, where, there, where there's not, the other person isn't ready to have that conversation. Absolutely. But I do get um, a lot of pushback um, uh, with this idea of your, you know, this message of you're trying to raise boys to be too soft. Mm, yes. Right. You probably, yes. you probably hear this all the time. Yes. Yes. You know, you're well-intentioned. I think you've got a great message, but you're going a little too far and you're trying to get boys and even younger men to be too soft. I mm. do hear that a lot. Wow. Like, so how do you respond? I mean, because I, I know the answer to it. And I know how it's supposed to be, but this is something that is still plaguing us as men. So how do you respond to that type of, because I get that rhetoric all the time. Like you're trying to, you know, pussyfy or you're trying to, you, yeah. you can't take, that's what men are. No, that's not what men are about. Anger should not be the only emotion that we are easily able to express. We should not be able to express frustration. Like just because you're in tune with your emotion, you can, you know, articulate or express how you feel. Doesn't mean you're soft. Just because you acknowledge you have emotion doesn't mean that you're weak or, you know, you're trying to, you know, feminize yourself. Like, it's crazy. But how do you respond to that rhetoric? You know, when, when I do have the opportunity that I can respond, you know, it's basically something along the lines of, look, look around you at the mass shootings. Yes. Look, look around you, you know, look around you at guys who are ready to fight and yes. draw, draw a gun or a blade because they feel like they're being disrespected over yes. a spilled beer or, 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 or somebody looking at them the wrong way. Look at, look at men, you know, in, look at men, you know, raping and beating up women. Mm -hmm. you know, look, at, look, at, look at men in their households who are beating up on their children as well as their wives. Yeah. You know, look at, you know, look, look at the opioid epidemics. Yes. Look at the alcohol-related deaths. Look at the suicide spikes for, for boys, young men, as well as middle-aged men. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to them, so that, that's, that's hard and tough for you. How's that working? Yeah. How's that working? Because <laughs> right. if, you, if you look at every area of this, everybody is complaining and, and, and moaning about quote unquote toxic masculinity. Mm. So you're gonna sit there and you're gonna tell me that it's more competent for boys and men to be competent men when everything that they're doing when it comes to these dysfunctional behaviors is serving no one, not even mm. themselves. So you're gonna, you're gonna tell me that raising boys and men to be emotionally integrated where they embrace the full range of all of their human be their, their, their humanity. If that's soft, then you know what? Count me in as count me in as a huge yes. softie. Yes. And and every and every 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 boy and young man that I will try to touch will if that if that's soft to me, that is healthy masculinity. Yes. Yes. I I love it. I love it. I I you know when I started this journey, I had to 
take a hard stand. And I had to because as a big black man, I'm supposed to, I'm portrayed a certain way. And I come up through that hyper masculine. I came up, I, I, I carried so much shame and guilt for the things that I've been through, for the things that I experienced. So I was like you, I was fighting a lot because I was fighting my own shame. I was fighting my own guilt. Like I had a, a attitude that I'm never going to be taken advantage of again. I'm never going to be made to feel like I'm small or weak. So I was constantly able to, you know, fight or, you know, ready to fight at the drop of a dime. But when I started this journey, I had to realize like, regardless of how right I feel I am or, or how true the message is, people are not going to resonate with it. And I have to be okay with that. I have to understand that people are going to feel some type of way and be upset about the things that I'm speaking. And those are the people who probably need to hear it the most, but it's not my job to force my thoughts and opinions upon them. It's not my job to try to force feed them, you know, what I feel is right. You're going to have to come to it on their own. So that's hey, right. Yeah, hey, I, can, I, can yeah. I ask you a question, Derek? Yes, sir. Okay, so so what was your kind of what was your hinge moment when you realized that masculinity for you was going to be much more expansive? I think when I realized that I was fighting so many internal battles like that, it, like because I was I was always good with identifying what I felt. I was good with yeah. you know kind of processing through what I felt, but I wasn't good always with expressing it. And a lot of times my my message would get lost in my delivery. You know, I had people tell me, older people tell me, I, was, I, I didn't have no tact. Like I, I was quick because I was, I was always ready to fight. I, I'm gonna tell you how I feel right then and there. And, 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 and then what it was, to be honest with you, Andrew, is when I realized that I'm hiding something. Yeah, I was physically, emotionally, and sexually abused as a child. I was covering it up. I was masking that. Yeah. Not so much the physical. And the emotional abuse, I could speak about that all day long. That's that's common. That's yeah. that's what we deal with in, in my community. I deal with, you know, drunken abuse, you know, drug addicted father. We deal with that. That's nothing new. But it was a sexual abuse. Yeah. When I started to acknowledge that, when I started to openly talk about it, I, that's when I let down my guard of what this man is supposed to be. Yeah. That's when I stopped fighting like, okay, because it's not supposed to be that. It's not supposed to happen to me. It wasn't supposed to happen. So, so when I became comfortable expressing that and realizing that, once again, my story isn't just unique for me or just that the only different thing about my story is my name. Many other men have been through the same thing. So when I stopped hiding that and stopped fighting against that, that's what led me to be more open and, 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 and let go of this false sense of masculinity. Did you feel lighter? Did you feel lighter? After Absolutely. You Absolutely, man, because I was carrying so much shame, so much guilt around it. Because it's not supposed to happen to Derek. Yeah. Like Derek, I, no, we're not. Derek is this tough football player. He was a ladies' man. Derek was, you know, all these things. And, yep. Yep. and, and people didn't know that Derek was scared on the inside. Like this, my, this little child, this eight year old boy was still speaking for me. So when I was able to let that go, yes, I felt lighter, I felt clearer. But then the real work started. I had to process through these things. I had to work through these things. And it was, it was hard work. It was hard yeah. work. Yeah. How but, did you, how did you stay with it? That's the important thing, right? Is staying yes. with it. I didn't want to go back to what I was. I was tired of allowing this eight-year-old boy to rule my adult life. I was tired of it. Like I, 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 I had so much potential. I had so many things that I know I wanted to do. I, I, it was a life I wanted to live, but 
this eight-year-old boy was ruining a lot of things for me because he never healed. We never talked about the things that he'd been through. That situation was not handled properly within my family, to be yeah. very honest. In the yeah. black community, we don't talk about those things. It was dealt in-house, and it was one of them things like, I don't even remember the real conversation, but it was with the elders of the family. Next thing I know, we moved to Baltimore. Me, my mother, and my brothers moved to Baltimore. I still had to see what I was left with was awkward family get together when I had to see my older cousin who did it. Yep. So it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. But the yeah. thing about it is, I, I, I want it better in my life. I want it better for my life. Yeah. I ruined the marriage behind this, this, this false sense of masculinity, this unresolved trauma. I, I, I ruined a lot of things, a lot of opportunities in my life because I could not handle my, you know, the things that were going on inside of me. And it's like, I want it better. There's so much more that I know I can do out here. And I was tired of getting to that point where I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then I will revert back to old behaviors and old patterns of beliefs due to the things that I was going through. So I had to really address this. Like, look, these things happened to me. It wasn't right. I have to acknowledge it. I have to accept it for what it is and what it wasn't. Then I had to express it. I had to express it. And then I had to take action and work through it. That was my process right there. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's fantastic, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So flipping back to you, what is one, what is one piece of advice you would give men of all ages regarding masculinity? We've got to normalize, you know, well, let me, let me, let me just say this. Yeah. I, I, I'll get to that one second, but one of the things that makes it really hard I think in terms of, of, you know, helping boys and men move forward. Yeah. Is that because we are so the kind of masculine, you know, the traditional masculine norms that we have in our culture, they're so deeply entrenched and they're so rooted in the fear of fear mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it makes it that when people get, when people are afraid of something, anything that suggests moderation feels like it's extreme. And where I'm going with that is this, when you people like you and I say, you know what, let's dial back. Let's mm -hmm. reimagine this idea of masculinity and make it and, and open up the, the capacity for a greater spectrum of emotional feelings and, and, and emotional, you know, just, you know, the, the emotional experience. Mm -hmm. People think that we're going to the far extreme because they're afraid that we're going to unravel masculinity mm. and go yes. swing too, too far to the extreme. Yes, yes. What I would, the first thing I'd like to say, and I guess maybe this is the place to start, is to say, stop fearing fear. Just be mm -hmm. open, be open to reimagining how masculinity can expand and the, po and, the, and the healthy possibilities for all of us if we allow that expansion. Mm, that's powerful, man. And you're so right. Like, let go of it. Like, stop, like, thinking, like, we're going to go to this far end of the spectrum where we're just going to lose everything that resembles a man. Like, I tell people all the time, man, there's not a one-size-fits-all definition for what makes right. a man a man. That's right. We have to stop treating, like, now, there are certain male traits and characteristics that are there for the male species, but what makes a man a man is different from me to you and from you to the next person. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. And you're yeah. right. And you're right, Derek. And it, and it undermines, like you're saying, it undermines the, the individual gifts that all of us bring yes. to our own masculinity. Yes. It completely yeah. undermines that and it throws it away. You know, you know, 
one of the things we have done a great, great job in our culture of, you know, is we have we have done a great job with girls and young women mm-hmm. of, say, of saying to them, the sky's the limit. You can be everything and anything you want. If yeah. you want to pick from what used to be considered masculine behavior, go for it. Bring it into your identity. You yeah. can be you can be as complex as you want to be. We still have this this paper cutout of expectations for boys. Mm. Still have this paper cutout that says to them, like you were just saying, here's the one way, this is the one little template we're going to use and you better fit into it. (laughs) We don't give that to boys. And so if, so if we want to say, you know, if you want to say, you know what, let's have, let's have equality for boys. What equality for boys should look like isn't more rights because I feel like we're pretty, we're pretty good. We're already there. We've been there. Right. What we need in equality for boys and young men is saying to them, you can reimagine what your masculine identity is going to be. Yes. It can better fit who you are deep down as a person. Mm, 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 mm. That is so true, man. And that's so awesome. And I think if we were to operate in that awareness, if boys were to operate in that awareness and realize that they don't have to fit in to this cookie cutter type of thing or what man is, that it'd be so much more free. They can exactly. truly find out who they are and express themselves freely and truly. So, oh man, yeah. It's, and, it's, it's that idea, like you were talking about, of the lightness. It's feeling yeah. liberated. Yeah. Because, yeah. because I have to tell you, Derek, that there, there have been some really important moments in my life as a man where when I really, you know, really um, exercise my authenticity, Mm. There was a feeling, I swear to you, as I sit here, I felt like I had just taken these invisible chains and just threw them off. Yes. yes. Like you were talking about that lightness. It was the same thing. And I felt like, you know what? This has got to be the way forward. It's it's never going to be easy. But but if I'm going to walk the talk, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Right? The most important thing for me that you said right there is that it's never going to be easy. No. And I think that's the thing that people miss, man. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. Let me tell you, when I was on this journey and I was dealing with myself, Andrew, I used to wake up and I would go to my desk four in the morning working on me, doing my inner work first. And I would wow. be crying. Yeah. Crying because it hurt so bad because I wanted to revert back to what I was. I wanted to go back to what was easy, what was comfortable. And I would be crying out, not this ball, but just tears rolling down my face because it hurt. But I knew I had to keep pushing forward. I knew I had to keep, because I didn't want what I had. I didn't want to be just this tough guy that had to, you know, prove to everybody that I'm tough, that I'm, that I can do this and I can, nah, I was tired of that, but it hurt. That process hurts, man. It really does. It, it, it absolutely does. And man, what you just said is, is so important and so powerful, you know? And, and I think that, I think if, if, you know, if we could get, you know, more young men and even middle-aged men, you know, to, to do what you're talking about, Derek, you know, to, you know, to start out by themselves and to learn how to process in their own way, mm-hmm. what it is that's holding them back, mm-hmm. you know, let those tears come because, you yeah. know, if, if it's, if it means you can only do it by yourself, fine. Mm-hmm. Let those mm-hmm. tears come, but that but those tears are the gateway. They are the yes. beginning to the healing. Yes. yes. And and man, I got to tell you, I really, man, I I just really honor and respect everything that you that you're sharing that that you've been through. 
Thank you, man. I, I appreciate it, man. I truly do, man. Um, Welcome. I, I thank you for the platform that you are providing for men like myself to share. You know, I, I read your book and the different groups that you sat thank in you. and different things that you do. I think it's awesome, man. And I think like I, I, I so much like I'm a big, big fan of yours and what you do. Thank um, you. I don't know if it's possible. I would love to come and sit in on one of your lectures. I don't know. I know you're at Towson. I'm right here in Baltimore, too. I don't oh, know what that's yeah. like with, with COVID and what's going on with that. And if you can have people come in, but I would love when I have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to be teaching this course next spring at Towson. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I would love. That'd be love, great. Love We'd love for you to come in and talk to the class. Oh, uh, absolutely. I, I, I definitely will. Derek. Anytime. Listen, I'm at your disposal, man. Anytime that you need me for anything. That would be great. I definitely would. Definitely would. Yeah. I want to ask you one last question, man. Sure. And, and this is something that I ask in two different ways because, you know, it resonates with people differently. So you, you answer with whatever one resonates with you, but sure. what type of legacy are you leaving in this world or when it's all said and done? How do you want to be remembered? You know, I, I want to be remembered for having fought the good fight, you know, for, yeah. for never giving up. Yeah. And, uh, Always, always, you know, fighting for a form of emotionally honest, mm. healthy masculinity that no matter how much pushback I got, you know, I just put my head down and, and went into the wind. And because mm. there is a lot of, there still is a lot of pushback. And, you know, I want my son, I mean, God knows I would like this to be other boys and other men, but I would like my son to be able to look back onto me and to say, you know, my father fought the good fight for me and for all of us for healthy masculinity. Yeah. And it was his crusade. And, you know, he gave a pound of flesh in the process, but, you know, but that was something that he did and I'm proud of him for it. Yeah. Hey man, you, you are definitely doing that. I always end my podcast with telling all my guests, you are a made man, but Andrew, you definitely are motivated. You are accessible. You are disciplined. You are an expressive man. And I appreciate everything that you're doing and what you're bringing to this world because it's so needed. And it's not enough of us willing to get out there and push through the noise, to That's push right. through the feedback and, and the negative things that we receive. But I love what you're doing, man. And I'm going to keep following you. you, brother. And you are inspiration to me, man. And, and, and I look forward to meeting you in person and this continue this, 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 this relationship, man, and seeing the great things that you're going to keep on bringing to this world. I would love that, Derek. And and thank you so much for the work that you're doing because you are doing a lion's job, man. You really are. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Listen, I really appreciate you, man. You have a great one. Enjoy the rest of your day. Look forward to connecting with you real soon, Andrew. I'd like that, Derek. Take good care of yourself. Yes, sir. You too, brother. Thank you. Bye, man. Be well. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I truly hope something on this episode resonated with you. It is my hope that you know that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, you don't have to suffer in silence, isolation, and shame. We all have struggles. We all have things that we are dealing with. And ignoring or avoiding what you're thinking and feeling and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable or express any internal hurt and pain doesn't make you more of a man. Please understand that. Also, please, 
share this episode. You never know what someone is going through and something in this episode may help. Remember, no matter what it is or how hard it is, that's not all there is. You don't have to stay stuck or struggling. Your power is in your choices. So what type of choices are you going to make today? I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.